0: If the check doth clear, Caden Salter shall reappear. Okay, yes, we can use that with a lot of different players realistically in this day and era of the transfer portal and name, image, and likeness. But uh, you'd be naive to not think that name, image, and likeness wasn't a factor in Caden Salter returning to Liberty University. Do I think it was the only factor in why Friday evening... 8 p.m. or so, the news came out that Caden Salter would be backtracking off of entering the transfer portal and return to Liberty. No, I don't think it was the only reason why. Um, some of it is market economics. Maybe it's to see what deal he could get for Liberty. Maybe it's the understanding that, I mean, Liberty is, they are very well positioned. I know, J.M., you would like to have something to say about this, and they will. But Liberty, they're also well positioned. To make it into the college football playoff next, year, assuming they go with a Five automatic qualifier, seven at-large team model. Five automatic qualifiers, of course, being the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12, and the highest finishing group of five league, or non-power four league, if that's how you want to term it. Um, And Liberty would have a chance at that. So that's one angle. The other is, Jamie Chapel's system brought out something in Caden Salter. I think focus, effort, execution, the buy-in that that we can touch on a little bit later— but all of that combined why Caden Salter returned to Liberty, and yes, there is the market economic reality, that plenty of players, and if it's not directly them, it's the folks around them. There are coaches in high school, there are quarterback coaches, they are, quote, advisors, end quote. Oftentimes it's legitimate, like parents, and Caden Salter's parents are involved in this, but a lot of players have, quote, advisors, end quote. That, that plays a role. Well, a lot of times they're looking at things from the lens of how many dollar dollar bills, y'all, as Kenny Powers would say, how much can they actually procure? And sometimes you enter the portal, you see what's out there. Maybe it strikes up a stronger offer from the Flames Rising Collective at Liberty. Maybe it motivates uh, alumni and supporters to pay up to keep someone like that. And here's the thing with Liberty. They're not a power five program in the sense that they can just buy anybody they want and make a run at it that way. oh <coughs> Miss. Um... Which, again, it's all above board, but that's what's allegedly going on in Oxford. Um, Allegedly, according to most that are familiar with how things are operating in college sports today. So that's how Liberty's working. And it's amazing because people have made snorky comments about Caden Salter. And this comment, the support he felt leaving the field to a round of applause after... He was asked about it by somebody who was down there, down at the Fiesta Bowl, Fastlane, Ned Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, for evidence of that somebody. But Caden Salter was asked about this, and here's what he said. And, you know, at the time when he was still in the transfer portal, had Liberty Flame fans up in arms.
1: I mean, it just shows how much love that our fans uh, mean to us. And I mean, they love us, win or lose, and that just showed right there. Just walking off the field, hearing my name and all the screams, knowing that we just lost, that just that that brought me more cheer to me. I mean, I, I never had my head down after the game. I knew that our team did everything we can do to go out there and try to win this game, so I had no reason to walk off the field with my head down. And walking off the field, just hearing the crowd yell my name and give me the cheers and the praise, I mean, that, that felt amazing. But still, I just I just wish we could have finished this season better, and and that's that. Yes, sir. Caden Salter.
0: I. By the way, here's the thing: people are getting on him for this. I have no reason. This is where the whole separation. You know, it's like in pro sports now, and even in college sports, a lot of guys have agents, representation. It's more noted in pro sports that you've got your Drew Rosenhouses of the world, or you know whomever the case may be. Scott Morris in baseball, CAA in basketball, or the the Clutch Sports Group, which operates the Los Angeles franchise that's not the Clippers. Um, you know, th- the reality is a lot of these guys have that. Well, the value of representation in this case, I know we're getting into the weeds here, but it's to understand Caden Salter and whether you think he was being disingenuous, which I don't, is that they are allowed to handle all the other stuff. They take the bullets, proverbially speaking. They take the heat from fans about what's going on. So the player can genuinely be who he is and trust him. Now, I think, let's be clear here as well. I think... in. College and high school players going to college and then college players deciding what their future is. A lot of that is parents and you know, coaches and influencers around players. Some of that's there in the pros, but as a guy is in the pros longer, uh, it's just kind of common sense of life. You become a man. And so as you become a man, you start making more decisions yourself. You have people on whom you rely, but in some cases, you start to exert, exert more of your own desire and influence. So if you're upset at Caden Salter thinking he was disingenuous, or anything that transpired i don't believe that at all what i will say about his return to liberty university though is it says a number of different things one is this is a program right now that is not as powerful as a power conference but they plug jamie Chadwell away liberty did from coastal carolina by offering him reportedly four million a year and when you bring a coach in, you're not just getting the head coach, you're getting the assistants and the support staff who are all going to get pay raises to go along with them. So there's extra money that is going into a program that you just don't hear about. Then there's also the fact that a guy like Caden Salter at Liberty is a guy that fits in with the Jamie Chabwell system. Well, that carries a level of value as well. And for Liberty, you know, there's the desire to get hope, but there's also the reality that you're not going to retain everybody if you're Liberty. You didn't retain Preston Hodge. He went to our guy down at Coach Prime down at Colorado. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yes, he did, says the transfer portal and says his social media accounts. So that's the truth is you're not going to keep everybody you your liberty. You're not in that class. But if you prioritize and identify the right guys, you can retain them. And also understanding what the market conditions are for players out there and where your priority is. I don't mean this disparagingly to players, but in the liberty system, the quarterback is valuable, but a lot of it is scheme-dependent as well. And having a strong scheme, which is what Jamie Chadwell does. So if you're Liberty, you got to prioritize certain positions. You, you probably do need to get pass rushers and offensive linemen, but they're really hard to come by. You need guys that you can develop over a period of time. And, and I think wisely Liberty has taken that approach. I will be curious, by the way, in the spring game and especially in the fall, to see if their lines are much bigger physically than they were this year, which they were Somewhat big relative to Conference USA opponents, but they were not as big as a Power 5 team like Oregon, or as Liberty had been in prior years when they got a lot of Power 5 cast-offs for their offensive and defensive lines. So, I am curious about that for Liberty. But by and large, it's a good spot for Liberty to be in. And that's where it speaks to the strength of the Flames Rising Collective relative to the competition. The fact that Liberty has a good culture and a good program that compels players to want to stick around, and sometimes NIL is a factor, but it's an all-things-being-equal factor. Because culture, it's not the same as it used to be, but it's not as cutthroat as the NFL where, I mean, players will complain about this you know, facility is not as grand as that facility, but if the not-so-grand facility team offers them $2 million a year more, they're taking it regardless of that. Like, it's just it's cutthroat business tactics at that level, much different. And, and that's where I think it's great for college. I think it's great for Liberty, and this is good news for them, and it gives them a shot of momentum heading forward. Speaking of a shot of momentum, do you feel like your budget is lagging with the momentum that you need? Well, here's a reality. You can give yourself physically a shot of energy and your budget a shot of momentum by visiting InsaneRadioDeals.com. Because when you visit InsaneRadioDeals.com, we've got Crosswide Athletic Club three-month memberships plus Fleet Feet Roanoke gift cards at insane deals.com get fitted out with the right apparel then make sure you've got the gear you need and then make sure you've got the guidance you need at Crosswide athletic club with those three-month memberships at insane radio deals.com now to other topics from the weekend I i won't take the snl version weekend edition but the snl version of weekend edition which is our fast five at five ish it's time for the fast five at five ish Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now number five so the weekend edition news that was a shock to nobody is the washington commanders lost to the dallas cowboys yes i was wrong on that in my votes of confidence uh, if i had known how long the inactive list for the washington commanders was going to be i would have changed it but hey you live by the sword you die by the sword so to speak um but needless to say regardless of how that game turned out there were going to be changes the washington commanders cleaning house today and we will get an update on that around 555 with Candy Waller of Seawall Sports and Entertainment, who will give us the latest on the searches in Washington. But Ron Rivera is out. That's to the surprise of zero people that are out there. However, they have hired two unique people to help spearhead their next search. One is Rick Spielman, former NFL executive with the Minnesota Vikings, former general manager there. And the other is a very interesting one. Bob Myers, who was a architect, an architect, Of the four-time nba champion golden state warriors coming in to the washington commanders um clearly the commanders are going to use an analytics based approach as the warriors certainly did that by being a very three-point reliant team and how they built their franchise um there are parts to this i'm curious how it's going to work namely the ability to gauge the temperature of the room and i guess that's where you have a rick spielman to offset Bob Myers it's fascinating and innovative I can't say I'm totally convinced this is going to go in the right direction um, but you'll know a lot about the role of guys like Myers and Spielman based upon who the commanders end up hiring their names have been linked to Jim Harbaugh who I believe is coaching his final game tonight for the Michigan Wolverines more on that momentarily uh, but J- Jim Harbaugh in his final game for Michigan this evening uh, is one of those that comes to mind out of this search if it's a guy like Harbaugh or and I don't think he's going to DC but let's just say Bill Belichick leaves New England in a mutual parting of ways um at that point I genuinely would believe that a Bob Myers and a Rick Spillman would be more advisory roles than they would actively involved however if you go with a younger minded coach the Ravens assistants the offensive and defensive coordinators both being interviewed by the Washington commanders they've put in requests to interview others for their vacant head coach positioning in Atlanta at that point I believe you got more influence from a guy like Myers or Spielman to me this seems like it's very much to be determined just how much influence they will actually have number four pivoting away from pro football to the college football game the college football board of managers presidents did not approve the five plus seven model for the 12 team playoff today the pack two uh, better known to branders out there is the pack 12 but the pack two oregon state and washington state have asked for more time to get their ducks in a row uh this to me seems like a stall tactic from them um uh, mississippi state president mark keenum said to chris vanini the athletic that he would be shocked if we don't have a five plus seven model next year five automatic qualifiers and seven at-large bids uh, the majority of those at-large bids will probably be gobbled up by sec and big 10 schools maybe you get one or two that go to an SEC or to an ACC school or to a Big 12 school but the majority of them are going to go to the power two conferences of the SEC and the Big Ten the five automatic qualifiers of course will come from the highest finishing group of five champion maybe Liberty and Conference USA maybe JMU and the Sun Belt maybe Old Dominion if they have a magical resurgence don't hold your breath on that um or uh, somebody else and then, of course, the best finishers out of the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12. Um, I think it's inevitable that we're going to go to this model. It's merely a matter of time how soon we actually get to this point.
1: Number three.
0: College basketball this past weekend. First on the lady side of the action. Trey, did you see the thriller in the castle yesterday where the Lady Hokies erased a 60-49 to 49 deficit? Uh, you,
1: you know I did. I mean, I, uh... I uh, may or may not have screamed at, uh, at my television when uh, when Liz hit that shot. That was a
0: phenomenal shot. More on that, by the way. We'll jump into greater depth into it later this week in the also lane. Also, a
1: perfect ATO. Like a perfect ATO by Kenny Brooks.
0: Yeah. I mean, it really was. Um, the way they drew that play up, Virginia Tech's shot out of the buzzer to Liz Kitley and Georgia Amor. Um, you don't want to mess around being down regularly, but Virginia Tech, they played. Here's a big picture analysis. We'll get into the weeds on this later this week. Big picture analysis for Virginia Tech Lady Oakies basketball. It was a great win in the sense that they played top 25 power caliber teams, top 10 caliber teams, three of them this year. They got blown out at LSU. They lost late to the best player in women's basketball, but maybe the best player pound for pound for their sport in college basketball this year, and Caitlin Clark. Um, I'm not saying she would beat men in basketball, I'm saying pound for pound, the most impactful player in college basketball and best relative to the competition level that she's facing. Uh, But Virginia Tech gave Iowa a fight and lost. And, And so you wanted to see if they could get a win like this and what they could do in a spot of this caliber. And that's where it was really good for Virginia Tech to pull out this win. I thought it was a nice victory for Virginia Tech. It gives them a boost right now and it shows that they can play with these type of teams knowing that in two of the three times they played a top 10 team third ranked nc state they beat iowa they gave a run for their money and they lost to an lsu team early in the year that virginia tech they've got what it takes to be in these type of games and with these type of teams which means they have what it takes to be a contender late in the season the other side of women's college basketball of course over the weekend north carolina gets an upset at notre dame on the women's hardwood. Uh, is, the one of the noteworthy ones Virginia right now they're 0-3 in the ACC with Coach Mox 8-6 overall they lost to Duke 60-56 uh, to they, they clearly are there to fight but I, I don't quite know if Virginia has the horses and the knowledge as a team and this isn't a bad thing you just have to learn this but collectively the knowledge to be able to get over the hump in ACC play I, I don't think it mirrors the disappointing last season for an ACC play for Virginia women's basketball just yet. Uh, but I think a lot of it is also the fact that uh, last year's team was injury riddled. This year's team, you've got the complement of pieces you need, but still learning how to win in this spot against such deep teams in the ACC, that clearly is something that eludes the Virginia Lady Cavaliers. Number two. On to the men's side of the hardwood. Well, it was not a banner weekend for the Commonwealth of Virginia schools in different fashions virginia they lose once again at nc state um we'll go into this over the course of this week the the wahoos don't play again until this saturday at wake forest um i'll be down there for that game uh and look forward to covering that uh so they're off until then but it seems like there's a mental block right now for virginia men's basketball in road games the way they've fought But then adversity started to hit with that improbable shot at the end of the first half for NC State, and Virginia just never recovered. And that's the disappointing part for this team. I'm not saying they lack the willpower to fight, but maybe it's a personality thing and understanding how to channel that. And that is something that does seem like it has eluded the Virginia men's basketball team because an improbable shot, and then all of a sudden... It all goes awry for NC State or for Virginia in losing to NC State. And suddenly they're 11 and 4. They're 2 and 2 in the ACC. They do have wins in their pocket against a Florida team that may very well age appropriately. And they'll have other opportunities later this year. North Carolina and Duke are still on the horizon. And, and, you know, Miami and Wake Forest also. and, And those both look like better teams. And Wake making a case more on that momentarily as a quality win that Virginia could get on the road this coming weekend. But, you know, it is. It's kind of a show-me state for Virginia that they can show you that they can win a tough game on the road right now. I don't think they're necessarily in danger yet of missing the tournament, but a team that you are confident can make a run, I think it's reasonable to say you just have to see more out of the Virginia men's basketball team meanwhile for virginia tech yeah i think the the urgency meter goes up quite a bit i know it's a loss at florida state by three and it was kind of controversial at the end tray and it know, was an awful call man. i mean it was a <laughs> Just, bad call it was an awful call but more more on that later this week you were correct i disagree with the call of hunter couture the foul that was called on them at the end of that game uh it, it looked like the quintessential definition of home cooking for florida state you got to find a way though if you're virginia tech to win that game and you hate the phrase must win, but they're 1-2 and two in the ACC right now, and they've got a Clemson team that's a little bit reeling after the loss to North Carolina coming this weekend. Um, and It's a good chance for Virginia Tech to get a nice win and show, okay, there is si- there are signs of progress for them this midweek. Are they turning it around against Clemson? No. Do I think Virginia will turn it around against Wake Forest if they beat them on Saturday? No. But those are good things for them. Speaking of Clemson, by the way, did North Carolina not show the most over the weekend in the ACC? I get it. Wake Forest gets a nice victory in overtime against Miami. The type of game the Deeks would have lost in the last couple of years, and now they're mentioning that they deserve to be mentioned as an NCAA tournament team. I don't think they're an ACC contender even at three and O, but the Deeks deserve to be a tournament caliber team. Miami I'll still give them the benefit of the doubt with Laranega and with Nigel Pack and Wuga Poplar there's enough talent there in Miami I'm not ready to write them off because of an overtime road loss in the ACC but I thought the North Carolina win at Clemson it was the one that was the real earmarker over the weekend Trey this is a North Carolina team that so often had struggled to play tough basketball to play the physical grinded out style it never felt like it was a Carolina game this was never a free-flowing game Yet Carolina tied at 34 at the half. They started to assert themselves over the last five minutes of this game on the road at Clemson, a place that has played North Carolina in prior years. They look like they have a team that has a different mental toughness than they had in prior years. And I get it. They lost Caleb Love and his talent and his burying of Coach K, literally, in his final college basketball game. But, you know, sometimes it's a win-win to get rid of a player like that. Love clearly needed a fresh system, and Tommy Lloyd seems to be a little more NBA ish, which is kind of what Love needed, maybe a little less structure. And Carolina needed guys that could buy into more of a rigid structure where they could grind out games in certain spots in the ACC. And it looks like, in hindsight, that is an actual win win. And number one on the fast five at five ish. College football playoff championship game this evening. Trey, the total is around 55 and a half, 56 unless it has changed in the last 20 minutes. Meanwhile, the point spread is five. A lot of people think that may even go up to five and a half or six by the time kickoff happens, and the big betting money and public money comes in on this. What's your
1: projection? Um, As I pull it up right now, uh, I picked one team to win the national title at the beginning of the year. Uh, You want to guess what team that was? Michigan? It was. So I'm going to pick Michigan. I'm going to pick the under. Um, Unlike Texas and a couple teams that... Um, well, Washington this played. I think They're, they are susceptible, sick, whatever that word susceptible. is, susceptible that word, big words here today. Uh, uh, against the run, and it seems like that a lot of uh teams are just you know, it, you know, they can get behind quickly. Uh, so I'm gonna take Washington. I think they might get up early, but I think Michigan covers. I think this is an under. I think Michigan's secondary, especially the fact that they have a really stud corner that could cover Roma Dunze. Um, So give me Michigan. They win the line of scrimmage and they ultimately, they're the better team. They're going to win. They've been the best team all year. They're going to win the national title and John Harbaugh rolls into Vegas.
0: Los Angeles. You're going with the Chargers. I, Mm. you know, I don't think he's going to Washington. I think it's Vegas or Chargers for for Jim Harbaugh. I mean, the writing's on the wall. We it's- mentioned this last week when he hired Don Yee, who's an NFL agent rep uh, for Tom Brady and a lot of coaches in the NFL, including Sean Payton, ironically. Um, I mean, I-, I think Harbaugh is as good as gone after this game. If you watch how he deflected the questions last week about this. Um, here's the one thing, though, with you, Trey, on this matchup. I've heard a lot of NFL people, and I'll throw three of them out there. Scout, Daniel Jeremiah our guy GM Michael Lombardi and GM Rick's or Randy Mueller who's also been with us previously in the fast lane um two of the three uh Lombardi and, and Mueller the two former NFL GMs are friends of ours in the fast lane all of them like Washington as a result I'll take Washington at plus five I don't have a conviction one way or another, but when I hear that many people that know the X's and O's of football give me that, I'll also go with this. I think it can be a lower scoring game and therefore the margin can just be tighter. I like Washington. You're giving me that many points at five. I'll take it. Maybe you find a better chance in game one way or the other. I think that may be the better way to play this if you want to bet on this is just see what happens in the game itself. Because if Washington gets ahead early, maybe you get a Michigan money line opportunity. Or if Michigan jumps up early, even if it's a closer nail bite game, you might get a, a chance to go with Washington. And I do think the backdoor cover could be open, especially if it's a two possession game and Michigan goes a little bit relaxed defensively. So I like Washington for that reason. I think it just barely tips over the number of 56 in this one so i'm going washington in the over but your response michigan in the under mine of washington in the over i think do you think it correlates to how most people expect this game to go one way or another with the flow which means what could possibly go wrong and there is your fast five at five inch. when we return in the fast lane more expert analysis on some of those takes we had earlier today in the fast lane tech uva liberty then part two of covering the Commonwealth. JMU, Radford, and the Commanders, all of that's still to come. This is the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynch per Gap.